Welcome to the Abundant Edge Podcast. Here we dive deep into the worlds of permaculture, natural building, and regenerative living as we aspire to help you reach your highest potential for yourself, for your community, and for this beautiful planet that we all share. As always, I'm your host, Oliver Gaucher, and I have a great session for you in this week's episode, so let's jump right in. Are you looking for the best resources to help you build a regenerative lifestyle? New Society Publishers has been a leader in sustainable publishing for over 30 years. They publish good news and solutions for individuals and organizations seeking to change their lives so that they may change the world for the better. Their company mandate goes far beyond the single bottom line of profit. They care deeply not only about what they publish, but also how they do business. They believe in the authors that they take on and the works that they bring to the marketplace. From sustainable living to progressive parenting, New Society Publishers has the books you need to help build a better world. Buy your print and ebooks online at www.newsociety.com or at fine bookstores near you. Have you been researching and learning about regenerative living, permaculture, and natural building for a while, but are still a bit unsure of where to start? Are you new to these topics and feeling overwhelmed about the sheer scope of information and knowledge that's out there to be absorbed? Are you a seasoned professional in the field looking to expand your experience and expertise with other professionals who are pushing the boundaries of regenerative projects? Well, you're in luck. Here at Abundant Edge, we have just what you need to take the next essential steps towards putting the information from these podcasts, interviews, books, and articles into action. We offer courses for beginners, intermediates, and even seasoned professionals to learn from successful regenerative business owners, farmers, builders, and other artisans who are keen to share their knowledge. Our teachers and facilitators have been working and experimenting tirelessly to provide the most up-to-date information available to help you put your skills and efforts to use in regenerating the planet and transforming the global economy into one that abandons the outdated model of consumption and destruction into one of health, stewardship, cooperation, and abundance. Come and get your hands dirty. You can get a full list of courses and trainings as well as volunteer opportunities now at AbundantEdge.com. We're looking forward to seeing you here. Welcome back to part two in our series speaking with Crystal Honeycutt about the idea of regenerative health. Crystal is a naturopathic doctor and registered clinical herbalist who has been sharing incredible insights on the topics of nutrition, self-assessment and diagnosis, and how to find out just what your body needs to maintain itself in top form. For more on Crystal's background and superhero origin story, you can listen to the beginning of last week's episode. Now in this session, we'll pick up where we left off and start to explore the topics of supplementation for faster recovery, the nuanced definition of regenerative health and how you can rise above our low standards of health today to reach your superhuman potential. So let's get started. We were just talking about how some of these chronic issues can manifest from deeper seated problems and like this persistent stress. And I know like so many other people listening today, uh, myself included, have had some persistent or chronic health issues that require kind of a more urgent attention than simple nutrition alone can treat, or at least is more urgent in the time frame. Now, rather than mm-hmm. reaching for the medicine cabinet or heading to the pharmacy, I know there are a lot of other natural remedies, especially herbs, that can act more quickly and treat issues that can be hard to address with just diet alone. So my question is, what should more people know about herbal medicine and why might they want to consider it over pharmaceuticals? Nice. Thanks for asking that question. 
Um, so the way that I like to think of it is, is foods and herbs are both botanicals. I mean, the majority of our food are botanicals, right? Uh, excluding animal products. Um, so they're all botanical medicine. However, I like to think it of food as being our primary building blocks of our bodies when we think about vitamins and minerals um, and, and certain macronutrients such as um, carbo- carbohydrates, fats, and proteins. Those are the things that we need to regenerate our body on a daily basis. They help to, to run our body and they help to regenerate our body. Um, Herbs, on the other hand, or medicinal herbs, are more like pharmaceutical medications than they are like foods. Um, And I know that that's tricky to say, so let me explain what I mean. Herbs, for the most part, have more specific and direct physiological actions than the broad spread action of our dietary foods. Okay, so we can use herbs to help specifically direct biochemistry in the body to help it to to um, retain a certain certain level of normal functioning. I think a good example of this is the immune system. So, with the common cold, traditional wisdom has us, you know, eating things like grandma's chicken noodle soup and resting in bed. Uh, And our bodies generally tend to say, hey, I'm not very hungry. I don't really want to eat anything. Um, And I might want to take in a little bit of of chicken noodle soup if I'm not running a fever. Okay. Um, And, but the rest of food doesn't sound very good. And that's because your body has shifted gears right now. It's not focused on building up. It's focused on fighting this viral infection that's invaded your body. And we can talk about why you got sick in the first place, but (laughs) that's another topic. It is. Um, We got to go way back for that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, But what can help are herbs that help to boost your body's natural ability to fight off the infection. So what these herbs are doing, there are certain phytochemicals within these herbs, let's say echinacea is a really common one, that helps amplify certain aspects of the immune system that are responsible for fighting infectious agents and also helping to modulate the inflammation that actually comes out of fighting infection. So taking something like echinacea can help assist your body to overcome a virus um, in usually a faster amount of time with less acute symptoms, the symptoms that make you feel like crap, basically. Why would we want to do that? Most people can overcome a cold right? Um, Most of us have immune systems that are able to encounter the rhinovirus and and within, you know, five to seven days, we're pretty much back to normal. Um, But that's if, number one, we're hale and hearty before we get sick and it's just kind of a fluke that we got sick. And two, that we have the spaciousness and resources such as grandma's chicken noodle soup to help us be in that process without getting any more depleted than we already were to begin with. 
In the modern age, we really don't have that spaciousness and rarely do we have grandma's chicken noodle soup at our, you know, at our doorstep. So if you're at the office and you've got the rhinovirus and everybody hates you for being there because you're spreading all your germs, but at the same time, your job feels threatened if you're not at, sitting at your desk, something like echinacea can be very valuable to boost your body's ability to recover faster and help you to overcome the infection with minimal damage. So all of us have probably been in situations where we get a cold and we can't shake it, right? It lingers for 10 days or even two weeks, or we get a cold and then right on top of that, we get sick again. And that really is because we haven't had the spaciousness and resources to help ourselves recover from the first cold or to be able to overcome that virus altogether. And with our modern lives, we're just, we, you know, we're taking the kids to school, we're running to the office, we're feeling stressed out, we're staying up late, we're over-consuming sugar, we're doing all of those things that actually undermine our body's natural ability to recover. So I think that herbal therapies can be incredibly valuable to people at every age and stage of their life because they're they're just like the extra oomph. They're the extra help. Uh, and it's kind of funny because I run into a lot of people through my work who are very resistant even to taking supplements uh, and taking herbs because they have this idea that they need to do it themselves. Like I have to overcome this myself. And it's some kind of like weird to your strength and integrity as a human being. When in reality, and social sciences have revealed this again and again and again, is that human beings need each other. We all need help. And so sometimes our help comes through the botanical kingdom and they're, they're these specialized phytochemicals that can join up with our immune system or our endocrine system or our cardiovascular system, whatever, and make some magic happen and just get you over that hurdle without as much energy and resources expended. Because these, this energy and resources are your vitality. And this is a core concept within holistic medicine is our life forces is often described as vitality. And Things like chronic infection, chronic illness, overbearing stress, um, feeling unsupported and, and disconnected from community and beyond it, and feeling like you don't have a purpose or a passion in your life, all of those things deplete vitality. And a lot of the work that I end up doing with herbs is helping to restore vitality in the body. In fact, we have this... It, herbal medicine i could just completely go off on a tangent here but I'll by all means myself. i love your tangents <laughs> um we have a classification of herbs called adaptogens and they it, what that means is they literally help the body adapt to stress and it's important to think about stress in that big picture fashion so we can have this chronic stress that really is is um it's killing us slowly ultimately <clears throat> But stress is a component of evolution. So we, we, we need to have some stress in our lives to help us evolve and help us adapt. 
And there are certain herbs in all over the world whose core characteristics help us weird human beings to adapt to life itself. So when we're looking at uh, an environment that is becoming increasingly destabilized through global warming and other factors, the ability of our physical bodies to be able to to adapt to these changing environments is incredibly important for the survival of our species as a whole. I mean, just take that in for a second. Okay, so this is once again, big picture. We literally have plants available to us. And these are the hardy plants. These are the plants that grow at extreme altitudes and they grow in extreme, you know, environments and they're hardy and they're ugly and they're tenacious and um, they taste terrible, which is an indication that they're good medicine, right? But these are the plants that have figured out how to survive. They are resilient, And one of the most gracious things that I can imagine is that how these plants literally offer their life force to us to help us to become resilient and capable of creative adaptation. I dispense more adaptogens out of my apothecary than any other herb because this is what human beings need. We need the fortitude to adapt to our changing environment so that we can evolve as a species. We need to be able to evolve at that micro level, so within our own lives, but we also need to be able to evolve at that macro level, which is in the much bigger scheme of the evolution of nature in general. So these adaptogenic herbs and other herbs really provide very specific qualities to our health and well-being and that is very different than what generalized nutrition provides us now there's some herbs that I would call nutritive herbs and stinging nettle is a very classic example of that these herbs are known to be more like superfoods um, in south america maca is a superfood and basically an herb but it imparts very specific and powerful phytonutrients uh, that help to amplify our ability to be resilient um, within our own environment and our, cir- our circumstances. So to me, that is the core differentiation between using diet to help you to be healthy and then augmenting that with hmm. personalized herbal well, I- recommendations. That was a long answer. <laughs> no, that was a fantastic answer. It just gives me a lot to think about. I mean, this is one of the reasons why I try and talk to you so often is because there's always these nuggets of wisdom and new perspectives that really enrich the way that I see the larger picture of health. Now, I know that the term regenerative for it gets thrown around a lot for uh, projects, techniques, but regenerative health has been a well-known concept for a while now. So moving on from from how we can 
kind of use these different supplementations and herbs and stuff to help us kind of catch up in order to um, bridge the gap between deficiencies and the health that we're trying to achieve. Could you explain to us what regenerative health is and how it can be achieved holistically and naturally rather than something that we're constantly, I mean, obviously the far extreme side of this would be things like steroids for people who are trying to gain strength and muscle mass. Right. How can we do this in a way that is, you know, really within the ethics of working within the environmental limitations and the resources that we have at hand? I love all of your questions. They're really thought provoking for me too. And and I hope that this comes across as me sounding like I know what I'm doing because I always have to pause here and go, wow, what a great question. What do I really think or feel about that? <laughs> well, all of this comes from talking to you for many months now and the new perspectives on these right. topics that you've given me. And, and this is definitely where the inquiry comes from. Right. So I really love the concept of regenerative healthcare uh, or regenerative health. Um, but I think it's important for us to take a step back for just a moment and understand that terminology through the lens of holistic medicine. Uh, because really, for me, regenerative health is the balance between growth and degeneration. It comes back to a principle in nature that we cannot escape which is the fact that we grow, we have life, and then eventually we die. And that death ends up... No, 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 you're not understanding me right, Crystal. I'm trying to get you to tell me how I can live forever. <laughs> I'm trying to help you to be comfortable with the fact that you're totally <laughs> mortal. <laughs> I refuse to accept that, but go on. Um, that's hilarious. That is such a thing between us. Um but but <laughs> it is it's it's really important i mean we can't have we cannot have a restoration of our soil without becoming accepting of the process of degeneration and the and what that means okay so i think when we t when we're thinking and defining the concept of regenerative health, we, we need to strongly move away from this concept of being able to live forever. I think that's a real problem within human consciousness in general. Um, but it's particularly important here because there is, so far, there is no mechanism that will keep a human being alive forever. And that's a really good thing. We already have a problem with overpopulation and so much of the problem that we have within regenerative agricultural practices and that has to do with the fact that human beings as a whole have a really hard time letting go. We have a really hard time with our creation turning back into dust um, and especially at the health level. Mm. Um, our modern healthcare system, every single facet of it is designed to keep the human body alive no matter what. And that often looks very mechanical and grotesque. And the reason that it is is because we have some innate challenge with true regeneration, which is cyclical. And nature 
teaches us that principle every single day in every single way possible. Nature is always inviting us into this dance of growth and degeneration. And that really is what health is all about. When, when, I'm, when I think about my own health, when I think about the definition of health, when I think about the health of my clients, ultimately, it's not to preserve their body forever, especially in some malformed state. Okay? It's truly to their fullest. No matter what that is, whether you are in a wheelchair the rest of your life, whether you are a child that's only here for five years, um, God bless, you know, it, it is part of life. And so I really don't think that we can have an intelligent conversation about regenerative health without kind of having that core principle at its center. Mm, without accepting the full process. Exactly. Exactly. And if we can accept that full process, then then we truly can engage with the concept of regenerative health, which means that my health inspires the health and well-being of another person, which inspires the health and well-being of my uh, or the, like, the community garden. And the community garden ends up supporting the health and well-being of not only a community, but of birds and bees and worms and this entire process, right? Regenerative health really is about a healthy ecosystem. So we're kind of coming full circle in our conversation here because we really can't discuss regenerative health and, and live from a regenerative health place without understanding um, <laughs> sorry for the cliche, but the, the circle of life. All right. <laughs> and so I want my help. Right. I know. <laughs> it's very Lion King. I agree with you. <laughs> it's the earthy, crunchy side of me coming out. I can't help it. Um, right. <laughs> I am right there with you. Uh, once again, it's all about balance. It's all about balance. Um, and so it, when we're looking at, at the individual level, what regenerative health looks like, that's when we take into that holistic picture. So how is my physical health and what are the factors that contribute to that? And how do I maintain that? Right? Because it's not a static position. Remember I said, when human beings become static, they get sick. So health is never a static place where you you reach the top of the health mountain and you stay there, right? That is completely unrealistic. And I wish we would just throw that that image out the door. Because if I see somebody else climbing a mountain to promote a supplement, again, I'm going to tear my hair out. That's not healthcare. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's one of the things that we really echo uh, within permaculture design too, is that what we're designing and what we're implementing is not a static system. Rather, it's a dynamic living one. And if you don't treat it through all the fluctuations and life cycles that it goes through and recognize that you can't just implement it or plant it and then you're done it takes a much more nuanced understanding of how to interact with those things not just implement them it's really uncanny how 
they parallel each other. Healthcare, or you know, what I think should be healthcare and um, permaculture design. I mean, you could even I know that we've talked about how permaculture design influences you know every aspect of our life, and I really believe that. And I loved it when you handed me that vision because I said, "Oh wow, this is holistic medicine in a shell." Um, so absolutely, we've got what needs to happen to help hold the physiological body in balance at the same time as it is being influenced by things like gravity and time <laughs> and other, you know, uncontrollable variables and forces, right? Because we are all slowly. I know you're listing off all of the things that I just refuse to accept. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You're still young. You'll get there. <laughs> yep. It's true. <laughs> um, and and then looking at how those same principles apply to um, our being as, you know, uh, in, in our mental state and our emotional state and maybe our energetic state of being as well. So holistic med- medicine encompasses the mind, body, heart, soul, you know, on and on and on. But those are kind of the core tenets. And then I like to think, okay, so... I have a good sense of what my physiological needs are, but it's going to ebb and flow. I mean, I'm going to hit a natural point in my life cycle where I'm in in perimenopause. And that is not a disease state. It is a state of, um, of transformation. So everything might change and probably it will. If you're headed into one of those natural transition points within your life cycle. But another variable might be of, hey, you move to a whole different continent and you're in a different time zone and a different weather system. And you've got to figure out what your body needs in order to stay balanced within that. So we're really looking. Regenerative health is really about all of these intersecting circles that are constantly kind of – ebbing and flowing and circling around each other within this this giant thing we call life. And then we get to a point where it's time to start really actively participating in the degeneration process or i.e. The, the aging or dying process. And we have to get prepared to move into that place. I'm particularly fascinated with that. Once again, like I was saying, in modern health, um, we have a really hard time accepting death as part of living. Uh, And so how do we return back to the soil in a way that supports regeneration? Not only supports, you know, the viability of our grandchildren, Mm. but that of the entire planet and beyond. It seems like one of the bigger challenges behind that, or at least from my perspective, is trying to remove your ego from it. Uh, it can be really hard on the idea or identity of self when you realize that it's temporary and that the things you've done and the efforts you've made, the relationships and such, are as temporary as your physical form, even though you know things like memories and ideas and projects may endure past that it can be really hard to come to terms with just on an egoistic individual oh, level. Absolutely. Don't you think? I'm not trying to make this seem simplistic at all. It's very complicated. <laughs> um, no, definitely not. And I would say too, that there are cultures around the world that have um, just life, life vision 
that promotes a more holistic way to live. And so those human beings have egos as we all do. Yeah, I can definitely attest But they to that. also are able to be satisfied within this this natural law. Uh, and I think that the more we can make peace with our life and our environment um, and just and just the fact that we are animals, we are part of nature just as much as anything else is, truly the better quality of life and the better state of health we're going to be able to experience. Ultimately, if we can be strategic in our own lives where we are building designing and creating structure within our own lives that can that can be um, flexible that can grow with our environment we are ultimately participating in regenerative health when we get stuck in building walls when we get stuck in you know my way is the best way when we get stuck in um, you know, stubborn ideologies, everything begins to break down. Our physical bodies break down. Our um, moral, our morality breaks down. And interestingly, creativity dies. And I've been very fascinated with the concept hmm. of creativity as a quality that promotes health. And one of these days, I'm going to write a book on that. Uh, and I've said it publicly now. I'm going to hold you to it. The, the concept, right? I hope you do. Uh, the, the concept of creativity as a quality, I think it's an innate quality, but I also think it's something that we can cultivate, is, is a magic superpower that we don't utilize enough. And social science really is beginning to illuminate how incredibly important creativity is when it comes to evolution. We, we know that it, it contributes to the evolution of ideas. It certainly has contributed to the evolution of technology and society. But when we bring it back down to the, the micro level or the physiological level, there's some really interesting data coming out about how a person who has a creative personality tends to be far more resilient to stress. And they tend to have exponentially better quality of life. That is absolutely fascinating to me as a doctor. I, I'm fascinated by anything that amplifies quality of life. Um, and creativity is one of those core tenets that seems to be essential in crafting and, and the living of quality of life for us. And it seems to be in such contrast to the way that the kind of conventional medical world is going in constantly striving for longevity and right. extending life without necessarily making it worth living those extra years. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you just you just encountered one of the biggest health care debates of the 20th century. 
<laughs> this, and it's incredibly important, especially as we're looking at the baby boomer population aging. I mean, this is this mm. is the hot topic right now, and um, I think that it's it's helpful to all of us to be able to understand that there really there really are some core things that we can focus on, such as um, cultivating our creative ability, cultivating resilience. Um, you know, what's fascinating is that a person who has the qualities that are typical of what's considered to be a resilient personality, they have um, an ability to function outside of what's called scarcity consciousness. And scarcity mindset or scarcity consciousness is something that actually goes beyond just this kind of like new age uh, metaphysical principles. It really is its own science. Uh, And there are neurological changes in the brain when someone is in what's called scarcity mindset. And they literally have tunnel vision. Their thoughts become fixed. They are not – they're literally – more prone to see quote unquote other. So when we're thinking about are these huge international social issues such as racism and systemic um, suppression, people who are stuck in scarcity mindset are more likely to perpetuate uh, concepts of racism and discrimination than people who've managed to get themselves out of scarcity mindset. And, and when you're outside of scarcity mindset, you're creative. You're a creator. You're an innovator. You're able to, to live outside of the box. And from that place, when we're looking at, at evolutionary strategy, you're ahead of the game. Like that's really what evolution is all about. Hmm. I mean, I can really attest to those things from my own perspective. Um, that's been probably the biggest struggle in my journey as an entrepreneur is finding a way to get, especially in the early days, out of this mindset of scarcity, which kind of breeds a continuation of that mindset. And as soon as you're able oh, to does. get out of it, when the lack of stress uh, stops hampering your personal health and creativity starts to flow as a result. I mean, that's been one of the most profound realizations in this journey that I've had. And certainly your guidance has really helped me to to identify it and to find ways of realizing like, oh, maybe this isn't necessarily just coming from me directly. Perhaps it's just a shift of mindset that's required to realize, you know, the gifts and the abundance that we do have all around us. But just as much, right. even from a selfish perspective, of being able to recover your own best abilities and, uh, you know, tap into this this concept of a higher self that is operating without the fear and the limitation that it's very easy to fall into, uh, like I'm sure any other entrepreneur can can relate to this too, uh, which just creates compounding limiting factors. Right. Yeah. Yep. That's regenerative health right there. <laughs> that was fantastic. We just identified there it in that go. sentence. <laughs> I really prefer your more nuanced approach to it. But, you know, I'm a simple blunt tool, so I have to simplify things. Yeah. No, it's 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 that simple and it's that complex. It it, it yes, really exactly. is. Exactly. It is both it, of those. 
Yeah. And, and it is, I mean, I think it's very illustrating of the human condition as a whole. I mean, mm. we could, we could spiral off into what is consciousness and all of that good stuff, but, but. Oh, don't when, worry. I'll have you back on the podcast and we can go down the <laughs> rabbit hole another time. Great. Um, but yes, I, I think the concept of regenerative health is incredibly important, especially as we're go we're zooming into this modern era where we really do have, for the first time in history, we have significant uh, things that we have to consider uh, as an international population when it comes down to the very literal survival of our species. I mean, we're we are all encountering an incredible shift in our weather patterns that's going to absolutely impact every aspect of our our living life that we know of um and we have concepts such as the ego now i mean that's only been around for 200 years we have or even less we have concepts such as compassion that we're dealing with on an international scale that we've never done before there are so many ways that human life is expanding exponentially. And I think regeneration is truly at the heart of that. No matter what your particular area of expertise and focus is, whether it's, you know, permaculture at the soil base, whether it's permaculture design and you're building these incredible homes like you're doing, whether it's more like my, my specialty is in healthcare, those types of things, we all need we need a global shift to embrace the concept of regeneration. And also realizing that each of those practices are connected, right? Oh, of course. Well, that's regeneration. It, it, there is a, a fundamental that's understanding. That's the holistic within, thinking. Yeah. Within regeneration is that everything is interconnected and it needs to come out of the just the spiritual communities and it needs to move into the practicalities of real life. Yeah, that's really well said. Now, there's one more concept, which as soon as I, d I ask this question, you're going to be like, yes, of course, Oliver asked this. Um, and that is once you've kind of reached this, this level of health that you're comfortable with, uh, you're feeling well, you're getting sick very infrequently, what's the next step? Now, the way that I would phrase it is, how do you go beyond that to sort of reach your superhuman potential? Because I feel like the definition of normal now has been degraded to sort of match what the general population is going through and not at right. all representative of what the real potential for human health can be. So let's explore that topic a little more and give people something to aspire to beyond just not feeling terrible. Oh, that's so good. Wow. Um, <clears throat> so Cause if you I remember, I came yeah. to you with this when, when we were first talking, like, you know, I had all of these digestive health issues that I really needed help with. But even back right. then I was talking about like, how can we push it further? How can we, how can we reach this, uh, this level of, of true potential? And you had some right. amazing insights on this back then. I think that it comes down to when when we're a healthy being, we're full of energy. We're constantly re regenerating energy. We're putting off energy. So where where do we want to focus that energy? I think is the step. And and I'll put it in less abstract ways. You can have all of the money in the world, but it does not buy you happiness. Happiness 
and true satisfaction, so we're coming back to that sense of quality of life, comes when we are able to help other people. It We really, truly feel fulfilled when we, we are able to freely offer our in an altruistic way. Human beings are only truly satisfied when we are able to give of our energy in an altruistic way. And when we're healthy, we have an abundance of energy that allows us to do that. It allows us to give without resentment. It allows us to give without having demands on that energy. So it allows us to give without expectation. It allows us to be creative and and envision a new future. And it allows us to support the vision of other people. That's truly living at the next level. When we're able to be self-regenerating, we can participate in the regeneration of others and in life itself. And that's really where the concept of living your passion and living your dream comes from. It comes from that place of being able to be self-contained and then giving out beyond yourself without expecting anything in return. And that actually is the definition of true empathy from Brene Brown's work. Is being able to give without expecting anything in return. And I think this is really important. It's really important when we consider the common conflicts within our relationships it's really important for anybody in any type of service industry um, when we're looking at burnout. It's important when we look at elevating the quality of life in other people and other cultures. It's really important when we're considering the future of humanity itself. But I think it's very challenging to operate from that place if you're not at um, a regenerative state of health and well-being. We have the instinct to do that. I think it is very instinctual for human beings to help each other. However, if we're not able to be in balance within all of that, then energy ends up getting stolen and not returned. So, so if we can if we can maintain a status of health that gives us extra energy, then our highest potential ends up being able to give energy freely. And that can look like whatever it looks like, whatever a passion is, whatever beauty is, whatever love, however you can define love, I think it ultimately is sustained through that concept and that principle. Yeah, the beauty of the nuance of uh, individual and different expressions of what that means to each person is is truly remarkable. Yeah, it is. It really is, and it's it's such an important it's such an important concept, and yet I think we have it really convoluted and knotted up. Um, and we have enormous amounts of burnout. We have people feeling underappreciated. We have chronic problems with not being able to connect well with other people. We're continually stripping resources out of the land and we don't know how to put back. I mean, we're human beings are kind of a hot mess, 
uh, time, I really do really love human beings. And as much as I love the plant world, I say I'm, I'm an odd herbalist because I love people probably even more than I love plants. And I'm able to see how plants give of themselves so selfishly or selflessly, excuse me, to us. And I think that, you know, I look at them as our teachers. And when we're able to achieve that place of health, and that's that's an individual thing. Once again, we're not talking about summiting a mountain. We're talking about quality of life that feels satisfactory. If we have an abundance of energy, then we can give. And it might be a poem. It might be a prayer of gratitude. It might be a community garden. It might be, you know, international politics. I mean, who knows what it is. But if you have the passion and the energy to go into that, then that is what creates that deep, true sense of love and satisfaction. And that's what life is really all about. Wow, I think that's a perfect message to wrap up this session on. I am always impressed by the nuance and the wisdom that you approach health with and the holistic sort of criteria and very large overreaching look uh, of consideration that goes into the informed decisions that you make within your field. So Crystal, before I let you go here, can you let our listeners know how they can reach out to you, how they can contact you and some of the services that you provide through your company? Oh, thank you. So I'm on social media just like anybody else. Um, I can be found on Facebook. You can look up wildlife, the number four and the letter U, wildlife for you. That's my Facebook handle. So I can be found on Facebook. Um, I have a, a business website for my personal clinic. The website for that is www.balancedliving, the number four and the letter U. So balancedlivingforyou. Um, And I can be reached personally through email at herbs, H-E-R-B-S, the number four, and the word hope, herbs for hope at gmail.com. Marvelous. Well, thank you so much for taking the time today, Crystal. I'm sure we'll do a follow-up soon because I always get so much out of these talks and the insights that you give, especially on health, which is a obviously a, an urgent issue and has been with me for a long time, which is how we met. Um, but yeah, I'd like to thank you again for the time that you spent with us today, and I'll be in touch with you again real soon. Oh, thank you so much, Oliver. It's always such a pleasure to get to hang out with you. I love the way that you make me think. I love our energy together. And it's a real honor to get to talk with you about these things that I'm passionate about and share them with your listeners. So thank you. It is my pleasure. All right. Uh, We'll catch up again soon. You have a great rest of your day. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. As always, you can find all the show notes for this and all other episodes at AbundantEdge.com by clicking on the podcast tab in the navigation bar. On the website, you can also find a whole range of educational articles as well as the services we offer from design and consulting to education. While you're there, don't forget to take a look at the courses and workshops that we offer, which are all designed to empower you to take back control of your life by giving you the skills to produce your own food, manage landscapes regeneratively, 
build your own homes and structures with natural materials, and most importantly, to dream ever bigger about the highest potential that you could achieve for yourself, your community, and the planet that we all share. Thank you sincerely to all of you who have and continue to add comments and send feedback to me. Your contributions help this to be the conversation and dialogue that it's meant to be. For anyone else interested, you can email me and the whole team directly at info at AbundantEdge.com or you can post your questions directly to the Abundant Edge podcast Facebook page to which there's a link in the show notes of this episode. All of your feedback makes these episodes and interviews so much more engaging and help me to give you the information and content that you want. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you again in next week's session. Thank you.